0: the beginning of the summer, I began to pray. I said, God, what do you want me to accomplish this summer for you? It's my 17th summer doing youth camps. Started in 1997, actually 1996. And I said, Lord, I don't want normal camp no more. I don't want it where we come up here and we get a little touch from God and then we go home back to the same junk." See, I happen to believe in something called a remaining spirit. And tonight I invited a friend into the room. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want my lifestyle to have to change when I get to heaven. I want encounters. I want to trip over God when I'm working out, when I'm running, when I'm walking, when I'm at home, when I'm on the road, and when I'm sitting on a plane. And so tonight, I want you to be seated right where you're at. But I want to warn you, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, Grieve not the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed with the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander. Excuse me, Ephesians 4, verse 30. And tonight, I've got to talk about someone that has been fired from a lot of places. And I'm not sure if we want him or not. Because maybe you've gotten so good at having church, you don't need Jesus. Jesus. How can you say something like that? Because we're living in a very intense time in America. and I'm going to go into that in just a moment. But I must share a simple word tonight called an interview with the Holy Spirit. Are you ready for this? In fact, I've come to talk to the remnant. I've come to talk to the ones that are remnant in this place. and In fact, my guys are going to throw some of those up on, on the screen real quick in just a moment. But I, I, I want you to understand something. I said it to you last night. Romans eleven five 5 says, so too at the present time there's been a remnant chosen by grace. I looked up the word remnant because God spoke it to me uh, two summers ago. He said, I'm going to raise up a remnant. And I've had visions. I've had dreams. I have crazy stuff happen. One girl tweeted me today. She said, I just listened to the radio of you being interviewed by a man named Sid Roth today. And she said, in my car, I screamed out, I am remnant. What is the remnant? It's the ones that will stand for truth in a dark time. What is remnant? If you look up the word in the Hebrew, it means what's left over after everyone else has fallen away, been destroyed or chased apostasy. If you look it up in, in dictionary.com, it's what comes at the end of a generation. It's the ones that will seal the generation. It means rag. Who are we? We're the rag in the hand of God since the clean up messes. And in just a moment, I'm going to preach a message that I wrestled with all day long, because I thought, Lord, I, I don't know. I don't know if they, I don't know if this is the right." And all of a sudden I was during worship, the Lord said, "You are to preach this tonight." So can I introduce you to the one? Because I believe with all my heart, in fact, we're going to go right into it right now. An interview with the Holy Spirit. And in a moment, I'm going to ask him to come in the room and I'm going to ask him some questions. Because, see, you've got to know something. When I was running from God at 16 years old, and I tell this story, it'll be on TV all over the world next week. Where I I was driving down a road. My friend was driving and we were messed up in our minds. We had been drinking all night. I was 16 years old, driving down a steep hill. And as we went down the hill, we were in the wrong lane. And my friend was so messed up, he wouldn't listen to me. I'm like, bro, you're in the wrong lane. You're in the wrong lane. And as a car came right towards us, I wrote about it, and I am remnant. As a car came right towards us, I screamed out at 16 years old, Jesus, as loud as I could in this car. The car was about to hit his head on. And this is the honest truth. The car went right through us. See, you got to know where I'm going tonight because I'm going to preach. Because I'm ready for a generation to have an encounter. And I want you to talk to me. So somebody shout amen because there's going to be a move of God in the next few minutes. Leaders, I want you to get ready. In fact, I want every leader in the house, if you would, to do something that I don't know if I've done in years. But if you're a leader in this house, would you stand up and begin to pray in the spirit right now? Because God is calling forth an awakening in this room. It's not supposed to be normal camp. Last night was fine. It was good. We talked about heaven. But God's looking for leaders that are desperate. Leaders, I can't hear you. I'm asking you to do something I haven't done in a long time. I'm talking to the leaders that are saying, I can't do it by my might nor my own power, but it's got to be by the Spirit." saith the lord not by might come on leaders i can't hear you i want them to i want you to stretch your hands out towards your students because there's nothing more powerful than them knowing that you fight for them that you pray for them because the anointing of god will shoot through you you begin to feel god's presence you begin to feel god's freedom i'm talking to you leaders god's saying i'm looking for somebody come on josh i can't josh pray in the spirit take the mic Yerra la baba babasio romoboboso,
1: janababagai. Yerra la baba se, babasé. Y eredebe si randa babasí. O rono bobobozo, rara
0: See, there's a crying out. What are they doing? I'm going to explain in a minute what kind of language that is you're listening to. But tonight, on the second night of camp, I'm tired of waiting to the last night of camp to have a breakthrough. There is an anointing in this room that heals hearts, that heals wounds. And those of you that are scarred, scarred scars on earth are testimonies in heaven. And it's impossible to have compassion without first having pain. So I'm talking to the ones that have been through a few things in this room. I don't want to talk to any perfect Christians tonight. I want to talk to the ones God's been waiting on. Leaders, you may be seated, but I want you to keep praying. I want intercession to rise up in this room. you got to understand, it was this person I'm going to preach about was with me at 5 in the morning on August the 12th, 2007, when I got a phone call after seeing 30,000 lives change the night before, flew home from Monterey, California, and my phone rang. And it was the voice of my dad and he says, Wake up, son. I said, What's up, dad? He said, Your sister died. And for six months, I could hardly talk. I would stand on stage and preach, but it was so, I wasn't even there. I was just preaching. I had nothing in me. Till one day, my wife came home from the store, and I'm sitting at the top of our stairs that leads into my prayer room, and she says, Jesus is right behind you, and he's asking you to come in and wrestle with him, and I wrestled with God. I remember standing in Australia at Planet Shakers. I'm at a hotel, and I sit on the balcony, and I screamed, where are you, Jesus? Can I talk to anybody in here that's ever felt like they lost their God? I'm not talking to perfect people tonight. I'm talking to those that understand my scars end where his began. And I must preach about my best friend, the one that woke my wife up in the middle of the night and she could hear the cry of a child in another nation. Ten years of not being able to have another kid. And she began to hear this cry and she woke up and the Lord said, go to China, you'll find your daughter there. See, I've got to
1: preach this.
0: Because the Bible tells me, and you know what I've learned what, what know what personal revival is? It's when you draw a circle around yourself and you say, God, clean everything in the circle. Get me cleaned up, God. I'm tired of feeling filthy. I'm tired of feeling dirty. I'm tired of the world winning. Can I preach tonight? Because here it goes. I'm going to preach about an invasion of the spirit of God. Because last night so many came down, gave their heart to him, but he doesn't just want your heart. He wants your
1: body. He wants all of
0: He wants every part of you. And at some point while I'm preaching tonight, and I always say this, the Holy Spirit may hit you. And if God begins to hit you, the altar area is open. Some of you in this room, if you're a cutter, your scars might disappear. You're going to find out I don't change my passionate stripes, meaning I don't take them off. I have decided I will be the most radical person in the room. I have decided I want to go after him deeper than I've ever thought of anything else. I've decided he is new every morning. Give my God a praise right now. I'm supposed to tell you about our book table back there and all that kind of stuff. The posters, the remnant stuff and my wife's messages and leaders. Anything back there is half price for leaders and and check it all out. But I got to get right to the word right now because it's burning in me. Because I think the altar call is already starting in the spirit. See, I've had dreams. I've had dreams of stadiums being filled. I've seen it. I write about it. And I'll be honest with you, when my parents got saved as drug dealers off the streets of Detroit, we didn't know nothing about the Holy Spirit. And my dad went off to this, we went to this Bible college in Colorado, a Nazarene Bible college, and they weren't so much into all that. And and one morning he's praying early when I was eight years old and he gets filled with another language and starts speaking and doesn't even know what he's doing. So we came out and we went to Alabama and he started pastoring little tiny churches, only three years removed from the mafia, only three years out of a drug life. And, and I can remember waking up in the middle of the night, hearing him praying in his language. and Something would leave from that living room floor where he was on his face crying out to God and it would rise up in the room and it would come around my bed and I could feel the presence of God even though I was running from God. Are you still with me? I'm about to prove to you nothing. Happens by chance. In fact, what you got to realize is I felt him so many times. Two years ago when laying under a bed in El Salvador and, and I'm supposed to plan on being funny and cutting up and stuff. I just can't tonight because I feel a heaviness because we're screaming. One thing I ask, one thing I desire is your beauty, Lord. And you don't even know what you're saying because when God's beauty comes into focus, everything inside of us changes. We're be, as we behold him, we change. We become different. You break off all the junk, all this other stuff. You start seeing this body's a temple. I'm not a shack. I'm not sharing it with nobody. It belongs to somebody. When they put a ring on this finger, then they'll get the rest of it. Something's got to break out in this room. God says, I'm calling for holiness to rise up. I'm looking for a remnant. What is a remnant? There's a great book out there called Tipping Point. And a man by the name, by Malcolm Gladwell, it's a leadership book. But he said this in culture, if 6-8% to 8% of any culture would begin to do something with as radical might and strength as they could with everything inside of them, it completely begins to tip and change culture. If just 6-8% to 8% will rise up. We've seen that in the homosexual movement. We've seen that in the abortion movement. It is time to see it in the remnant movement. A generation that will stand up and praise and not give a rip when nobody thinks. A generation that will stand up and worship and cry out. A generation like Al Jr. who stood up here preaching about limitless God. Give my Lord praise. Come on. And I love what one little old fella said to me recently in North Carolina at the end of a prayer service. He said, if not now, when? If not us, who? Who's going to lead this thing? And so tonight I want you to know because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 22 that we know that all of creation has been groaning in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. We're in a groaning phase. It's like God saying, wake up. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Everybody say, Spirit. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to Sonship, the redemption of our bodies. You need to know I'm preaching about the Spirit tonight. I'm preaching interview with the Holy Spirit. And what you got to realize is the Spirit has been with us from the beginning. It didn't just pop up in the book of Acts in the New Testament. No, 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 no. Genesis chapter 1 says this. It says, first this, God created the heavens and the earth. All you see, all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness. You know what? I love it because God loves emptiness. Because that's why it says, my God shall supply all of my needs. Because that word need means void. It means emptiness. Philippians Uh, It says that and understand what what I'm talking about. Nothing is impossible with God. So if nothing is impossible with God and God finds nothingness, he's always looking for emptiness. So if he can get a hold of some emptiness and fill it up, then it becomes his, his vessel overflowing, a bottomless emptiness. This is talking about the earth and and it was inky and blackness and God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. So from the very beginning, God has been hovering over this place. He's been hovering. Why? Because he's looking for some place to land and he's still here that's why Romans 1 verse 20 says for since the creation of the world God's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been so that people are without excuse God says there's no excuse I've been hovering over you I've been with you in fact that's why it says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 God got tired of hovering and started wanting to invade And the Bible says, but you will receive power, dunamis, dynamite, when the Holy Spirit, you know what the Holy Spirit is? The Holy Spirit is proof that God likes you. The Holy Spirit is proof that God wants to be your best friend. It's not just, see, God is not anti, anti fun. He's anti pain. That's why the Holy Spirit will say to me when I was laying under a bed in El Salvador and bullets were flying outside of my hotel room and MS-13 and MS-14 gangs were having a battle and bullets were flying everywhere. And I'm laying under the hotel bed and all I could do was pray in the spirit. And I heard the Lord whisper, you'll be fine. It was in Singapore two years ago when I was in the middle of preaching to thousands of people on national TV when one of our students in our school of ministry that flew there with me on the way over, flying over the ocean the Holy Spirit said to him, somebody's going to try to kill Pat in Singapore. Pray over him. He didn't tell me. It's easy to prophesy after it's happened. He said, Pastor, I've been interceding the whole time because God told me somebody's going to try to kill you. I'm like, Call up a brother, tell him. So all of a sudden, this demon possessed man comes walking down the aisle, thousands of people, nobody saw him, and he's just staring at me. I'm getting ready to preach, and he's just staring at me. He's foaming at the mouth. I mean, he's crazy looking, dude. There's big demons over there. And, and all of a sudden, I'm just like staring at him. He's looking at me, and I'm staring at him. He's staring back. We're staring. And all of a sudden, I just I couldn't, all I heard the Holy Spirit say was, say my name. So I started saying, Jesus. Then the crowd that doesn't notice him, thousands of people, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. They start chanting it and he starts getting angry and angry. Then they noticed him. Hello, right there. And dude, they came in like stinking. I mean, Asians are crazy. I mean,
2: they ninjaed him.
0: And I said, Open your Bible. I almost urinated. Let's move on. But he's been with me. He was there with you. He's the one that talks to you. Oh, I'm going somewhere. I'm about to introduce you to my favorite person in the whole world. In fact, realize this right here. says in Acts one 8 i I'm going to do you with power. And you will be my martyrs, my witness in Jerusalem. That's your city, in your state, in your country, in your world. Why? Because God says, I'm looking for somebody to rise up. And so today, I'm going to interview the Holy Spirit. Because there's one person. That has interrupted more churches and caused more upheaval than any other person I've ever met. In fact, he's been kicked out of most churches and religious gatherings. And now he's forced to fly under the radar in gymnasiums of youth services and Bible studies of homes and encounter weekends twice a year. So tonight, let's interview him and see if we really even want him because I think it's time to hire him back. Because he's been fired. And we've gotten so good at having church without him. But what would happen if he walked into our youth services this week and wrecked a confused mind and restored a broken heart? Oh, I gotta preach. I'm talking about I was probably start crying because I just love it. In fact, tonight, watch this video. We're going to interview the Holy Spirit. See, one of the things that I I have three life messages, and and I share this at every convention or fusion or wherever I'm at. I have three life messages. Number one, restoring integrity to ministry because because I think we're called to be different. I think we're supposed to act different, look different. That's why you don't see me hanging out in a bar, you don't see me doing all this stuff because I'm different. Are you with me? I think we're supposed to look different and act different. It's not religiousness, it's called holiness. It's a big difference. And 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 I love what one fellow said when when they they let me know they didn't like me because I didn't drink alcohol. I said, I said, that's okay. I tweeted right back at him and I said, that's cool. I said, I'd rather I'd rather be considered religious than be in rehab. What? Because I, what? <laughs> I don't care. Because I don't care. That's why I wrote articles for magazines lately that have got me shot at because the more you tell the truth, the smaller your circle gets. But see, I've learned about truth. Truth is a powerful thing. In fact, it is one of the elements of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the word truth in the Old Testament, that it's written in Hebrew. And the Hebrew word for truth is three letters. It's the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the middle letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Because truth doesn't change, even though culture wants it to. Even though they think God got it wrong on things. Truth is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Truth does not change. Why? Because the truth is what sets you free. So give, give the Lord a praise right now. But I've also realized when I write chapters and books about things like that, that you can be set free from homosexuality and that abortion is a sin, you're going to get shot at. Because somewhere along the way, people have gotten to a place where they'd like to tell the Holy Spirit who he's supposed to be. So you got to understand, I've learned about the Holy Spirit, and this is my favorite part. My, my, My second life message is raising up revivalists, but my third life message is breaking an orphan spirit off the church. Because if you walk up to my little girl and you ask her who your daddy is, even though she was found in a park at 15 days old, we got her when she was nine months old, she points right at me and she says, that's my dad. Because the way to break an orphan spirit is to know who rescued you. So you have to understand the role of the Holy Spirit is to simply say, orphan no more. You're not an orphan. In fact, the Bible speaks of who the Holy Spirit is. Jesus was about to ascend into heaven. He's about to get out of there. He's coming to the end of his ministry. And everybody was really scared. How are we going to make it without you, Jesus? And look what he said in John chapter 14, verse 16 through 18. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Everybody say truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now, let's stop right here. Is it okay if I give you a lot of scripture? Because I am sick of shallow youth ministry. You got to have the word. The word is what you hide in your heart and keeps you from sin. You got So, I'm going to give you a lot of word. I hope you take notes. It says the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives within you. And will be in you. And I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. See, some of you have seen this before because I showed it last year at Fusion, but I'll never forget the night that I walked up the stairs with my daughter or with my wife and my my son and, and we began to walk up the stairs. And as we're walking up the stairs, all hell had attacked us. 40 hours flying to China. We hadn't slept in 40 hours. Every demonic force we could feel it. fact we could see it in our hotel room i know that sounds weird but it wasn't until we turned on worship that he left i know what it's like to walk up the stairs one night there's the holy spirit i'm i'm nervous i'm holding the video camera and i'm anxious and i'm scared and the holy spirit is on our family saying go rescue go rescue go get your daughter because she was abandoned in the park i know what it's like to watch my this is our family home video the night my daughter met her mama for the very first time the night mama met her daughter for the very first time and i learned that night who the holy spirit is because he says i will not leave you as an orphan in other words it doesn't matter where you're found what matters is where you're going in other words a father doesn't leave you where he finds you he takes you where he's going and at that moment my daughter's identity changed that is the role of the holy spirit to go and rescue you no matter where you've been left no matter where you've been abandoned somebody give god a praise offering So who's the Holy Spirit? He breaks the orphan spirit off of you. In fact, Jesus goes on to say in John chapter 14, verse 25, I'm telling you these things while I'm still live with you. The friend, the friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I've told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. Peace. I don't leave you. Jesus went like, peace. Peace. Can you see Jesus doing that? He's like Watch. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned or desolate. Barifed is desolate. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. Oh, I love this right here because he proved it. And you got to understand. And then Jesus keeps his promise because remember, he's hovering, hovering over the land. He's been hovering throughout the Old Testament looking for somebody to land upon. But then finally, in Acts chapter 2, we see the fulfillment of the promise. He went from hovering to invading. Look right here. And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, God is a God of suddenly. In fact, ob- obedience is always preceded, or suddenly is always preceded by obedience. Look what it says. And they were all together in one place, and suddenly, Oh, I hope we get some suddenly. A sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house on a bunch, 120 bunch of nobodies. That would all lay their life down for Christ. They would all be murdered. In fact, one million would die for the cause of Christ within the first hundred years of him dying on the cross. Look right here. And and and, and fill the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with uh, somebody say it. Who is that right there? And they began to speak in other tongues as the spirit enabled them. That's called restoring what was robbed at the Tower of Babel. Now watch, I'm going somewhere because you've got to understand. And the church was birthed because he went from hovering to invading. And he put his spirit inside of this. But when a well-known minister, very well-known, recently writes a book and says, we no longer need the Holy Spirit. His work is done. Something inside of me ticked me off. Because you got to understand, when he said that, I went, well, let's throw out Revelation chapter 2 where it says repent. And Revelation 3 where it says repent. And, and, and John chapter 16 verse 8, and it says this about the Holy Spirit. Here's another part of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna, we're going to interview him in a minute, so just hang on because the interview is going to get intense. And when he, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. you know what convict and condemn is? To condemn somebody means, all right, dude, you're condemned, you got to die. The devil condemns. God convicts. To convict means to look at somebody and say, you are so guilty. But there's a judge that wants to see you, and he's got somebody that's going to take your place on a cross so that you can have your sin wiped away, and you're no longer guilty. Give my God a praise. I'm going deep tonight. I didn't plan on doing this. And then the Lord hit me during worship and said, no, it's not even what I told Pastor Al today. We were eating lunch, what I plan on preaching on. But the Lord said, I want you to do this. Why? Because to preach a compromising gospel that doesn't require repentance makes us no different than religious who sell indulgences and penances. What are you talking about? Does anybody like the number 666? Dude, it freaks you out, doesn't it? It's like you order some ice cream. That will be $6.66. Put sprinkles on it. (laughs) that's what I do that'd be $6.66 no (laughs) you go to five guys you're like I want a hamburger and fries that's $6.66 kill one of the guys make it four guys and a burger But do you, it's stupid, but it's true. I mean, I like seriously, if I'm at the airport and I'm buying food at $6.60, i say, here's some gum. Add the gum to it. I'll take a paper. It's it's a German paper. I don't care. I just need it. I just don't want that old devil number. But the Bible talks in the end times about 666. What does that even mean, Pat? It speaks of the third person in the Trinity. Why? Because I did this. I figured it out. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three, equal a whole. Or a hundred. If you divide a hundred by three, or if you take a and, and one third of a hundred is thirty three point three, 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 three. So if you remove the Holy Spirit and now we just have father and son minus the Holy Spirit, no longer is it. One hundred percent, but it drops down to sixty six point six percent. So in other words, when you kick the Holy Spirit out, and it says in the last days, you have now got a hold of what's called the number of man because you're doing it without his power. You're doing it without his presence. Because a third of a hundred, when you take it away, one person away from it, three, pe- three people, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, when you remove one of the persons of the Trinity, you're now down to 66.6%. Who? Devils. In fact, first, <laughs> stupid, devil. Said devil, Bobby Boucher, watch. And in First John chapter two, verse eighteen, it speaks of the end times of people that will have what's called the spirit of the antichrist. The word Christ means anointing, so spirit of the anti anointing. We've learned to do church so well without you, God. We don't need your anointing. We've got our programs, we got our games, we got our coliseums, we got our events. We don't really need you. But when you remove God or when you remove altar calls, and the altar's the raised platform made, wood, made of woodstone or steel and when something's brought forth to die upon when you remove the ability to get transformed when you just say we're just here to build you up just a little bit and tell you how great you are with some great little humanistic message. When you kick out the Holy Spirit, when you say you know what I don't want that. God says I'm looking for a radical generation that'll rise up and pray in the Spirit. That'll rise up and shout and dance. I know it sounds like I'm being religious just tonight and I'm okay with it but he told me at the beginning of the summer restore my spirit to youth ministries when's the last time you walked out of your prayer closet limping because God changed your name after you wrestled with him When's the last time you prayed in the spirit so long that you couldn't even ask for anything anymore? I'm looking for a Pentecostal generation to rise up. You say, well, Pat, that's old school. Well, put me back in old school because the new school ain't getting it done. The old school knew how to cast out demons, heal the sick, and, and watch people get on fire. And what we tolerate, the old generation used to cast out. And asking God to live in a house with a bunch of demons is like asking, asking a grandmother to move into a frat house. It ain't going to work. What are you talking about, Pat? Look, 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 dear Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Woo, I can't can't stand that dude. He's scary. I've read too many end of the world books. Now watch. Even now many Antichrist, anti-anointing, people that don't want the presence of God have come. And this is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from our church. They came from us. They got so good at doing church they didn't need Jesus anymore. Is it okay if I preach this? But they did not really belong to us but they belonged to us they would have remained with us but their going showed that none of them belong to us but you have an anointing 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 from the Holy One and all of you know the truth the anointing somebody lift your hands across this place and say Holy Spirit invade me right now you're gonna to begin to feel his presence you're gonna to begin to feel his glory settling on you some of you gonna begin to weep throughout the rest of this message why because the Holy Spirit's been calling you he's been whispering I have learned that God whispers in the good times and shouts in the bad times and he says I'm looking for people that are desperate somebody that'll say from this point on, my body, my purity, my life, my mind is going to be dedicated to God because He's got bigger plans than the world can offer. Give Him a shout. What are you talking about, Pat? Now watch, watch, watch. Why? Listen to me closely. We are living in dark times. Not just because of the invasion of humanism and on every level. And humanism is when you think you can do it and you don't need a. A spiritual force behind it. Not just because the very concept of marriage between a man and woman is under attack. Even though Jesus said from the foundation of the earth, Matthew 19, it was meant for men and women. Not just because culture is rewriting God's word for the pleasure of self. In fact, Romans chapter 1 verse 28 says that furthermore, just as you did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. So God gave them over to a depraved mind. That word depraved there is reprobate. You know what the word reprobate means in a generation? Because when I'm in San Francisco and I'm watching people literally having sex, running down the streets, having sex, giant sex going on everywhere, and I'm getting ready to go preach, and literally one woman walks up to me with no clothes on and asks me, would you like to have sex with me right now? And I simply looked at her and I said, you need to know, I'm the wrong guy to ask, because there's something that lives inside of me named Jesus that will not allow me, but I will tell you how much he loves you. And she ran, ran down the street screaming. Why? Because there's something inside of us that ought to repel every demonic power that comes at us that says, you know what, I don't need to be a part of that. I don't even have to look at it. Look what it goes on to say. And it says, it gave them over the knowledge. You know what depraved means? It means to lose, to lose your ability to judge right and wrong. And we're living in dark times. And the reflection in a mirror should be a reflection of Jesus' humility and not and minus the costume of compromise. It's got to be different. We should be different. and We're living in dark times, not just because perversion is normal, and not just because nations are fighting nations, not because secular Christianity has forced God's spirit out of the house, and i gotta, I got to go here, but John chapter 12, Jesus gave a promise. Watch this. Jesus said, for a brief time, and this is who you are, for a brief time, there's still light among you. Walk by the light. You have so darkness. You have so darkness doesn't destroy you. If you walk in the darkness, you don't know where you're going. As you have the light, believe in the light. Then the light will will be within you and shining through your lives. You'll be children of light. God says, I'm trying to do something. And I felt such a freedom during worship tonight that I didn't feel last night. You know why? Because it's taken 24 hours to get for us to get you out of your environment and realize that, that where you, maybe where some of you are from is not normal. That you can break the curses, you can change things, you can walk into your house and invade things, you can cast demons out, you can heal the sick, you have the authority to walk in power. Pat, you're really intense tonight, I know. Because during worship, he said, tell him who I am. You just heard the term Holy Spirit, but most of us don't even know who he is. So I'm just going to ask the question tonight, and I just need to know, should we hire him back? Should we hire the Holy Spirit back, yes or no? Somebody help me, should we, should we invite him back? I brought him here with me tonight. Would you bring the lights down on the stage just a little bit? Holy Spirit, I want to welcome you to the service tonight.
2: Hello, Pat. How are you?
0: And I brought you here tonight, Holy Spirit, because we're going to interview you and we're going to decide whether or not we even want you back. And I'm not sure if we do or not. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I put you behind the scrim because if they actually look at you, the service would be over. Holy Spirit, I I don't know. I mean, you're pretty intrusive and you you, um, you tend to cause a lot of problems. I've heard. In fact, you always seem to be in our business and so... Would you would you greet everybody, Holy Spirit? Because we're going to decide tonight, by the end of this service, whether
2: or not we even want you here. Because we've gotten really good at doing this without you. I, so would you? I want to pat. I want to pour out my spirit tonight. Are they hungry for me? Do they desire me? Do they want me? I've been there with them through the dark times, but they always fail to recognize me. But really, culture tells us. I mean, Holy Spirit,
0: culture tells us that. That I don't really need an encounter with God. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, talking about culture. So here's what I want you to do: God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. So, Holy Spirit, I, I've invited you here because we I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Instead of altar calls, we've got coffee shops. And there ain't nothing wrong with coffee. Coffee will be in heaven, but but Instead of encounters, we have moments now. You know, just a quick moment. And instead of conviction, we have messages that satisfy our flesh and 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 I mean, it's it's how you grow a church. It's how you grow a event. And 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 we just need great lights and great stage and celebrity Christianity because even though the only red carpet in the Bible is where the blood of the martyrs was spilled, and the only roped off area for the celebrities is where they hung the Christians, and the only celebrities in the Bible were children. Jesus said, "Don't keep them from me," because we got to be a child to go to heaven. And and we're living in a very intense time. And 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 the Holy Spirit, I, I invited you here for a reason because some of us have, don't even realize that you're with them. They don't see. They don't know you're there on Friday night in the car. They don't know when you're, you're in the bedroom when their parents are fighting or that mom is fighting with her boyfriend or, or when somebody harms them. So so I, I just want, I want you to know it's going to get pretty intense because I don't interview lightly and, and I'm trying to decide if I even want you here, Holy Spirit.
2: Oh, that grieves me. And the
0: Holy Spirit is the truth and so... Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 12, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he'll take you by the hand and guide you into all truth. And so, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, Holy Spirit. I mean, we've got success. We've got warm chairs and full buckets and the offering. And is there anything you want to say for yourself before we get into this interview? Because I'm trying to decide
2: if Pat, if they only knew how much I love them. If they only knew. If they only knew. If they only studied. And saw what I used to do in the past. That they only knew how I'm so ready to come today. Pour out my spirit in their soul. Were you there when my sister died? I was there. I was holding you. Were you there when my mother tried to commit suicide when I was 12? I was helping you pull the gun away. All right.
0: Because we keep tripping over ourselves. And if the Holy Spirit is our moral compass, our GPS, then, then, then I mean... Could, could it be that the one we've so desperately tried to quiet in our churches, and our communities, and our cities is the only one that can actually do it? I mean, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, not just my hand to do something, not just my feet to take me somewhere and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. It's Isaiah 58, the fasting scripture that, that you'll give us the authority to break down walls, to restore the, the ruins and the places where things have been broken, restores of streets with dwellings. So, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you this stuff because... Because my, my, my mentor, Reinhard Bunke, said this one day. He said, the power of God is not an accessory to the gospel. It's all the power. But Holy Spirit, it's not popular what I'm talking about right now. In fact, in fact, I'll be honest with you. I've got shot at. I've, been, I've had things said about me because I'm so intense about the
2: Holy Spirit. It's not popular. It doesn't need to be popular, Pat. Every time people try to limit me, I break out the box. You cannot hold me. You cannot contain me. See, I know that when we stand before
0: Jesus, he's not going to ask who you hung out with, who you knew, how many Twitter followers you had, how many people liked you on Instagram, how many people get excited about. In fact, if there's no separation between the Christian and the world, then really the cross is no longer a place of freedom but just a relic. And so to believe that you can partake in the lifestyle of this world and and, 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 and keep doing the things, listen to what I'm saying. I'll never forget, remember that morning I was praying before that youth pastor's conference call a few months ago? and and And, and you, you said to me, tell them that there's a generation of leaders riding, rising up that think they have to live like those they're called to win in order to succeed. And God says no.
2: And they were burning, Pat. They want more. There's a remnant that desires me. Will they hear my message? Will they want my spirit? So many of us are being seduced
0: by what, said Je- by what Jesus set us free from And I've learned if the if the stage can seduce you, then God will reduce you. And, and I've learned that He's calling us to brokenness in 2nd Chronicles or excuse me, 2nd Corinthians 10 verse 3 it says, because He never called us to fit in, He said the world is unprincipled, it's dog eat dog out there, the world doesn't fight fair but we don't live or fight our battles that way, never have never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Jesus, by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. Well, listen to me, Holy Spirit, because I'm about to get get into this. And, and, and I know you're ready. God's ready to pour His Spirit out. I've had dreams at night of you pouring out your Spirit on awakenings breaking out in campuses, on youth ministries. I'm getting reports of youth ministries leaving camps, crying out to God all night. So, Holy Spirit, I, I
2: just... I, it's already starting, Pat. It's already starting. But do we really even need the Holy Spirit? Do we
0: really even need you?
2: You need me. They don't believe it, but they need me, Pat. They don't understand what happened in Acts. They don't understand. Holy Spirit, you're here to be interviewed.
0: And I'm going to ask you some questions, and then I'm closing. And I'm really honored that you're here because you show up and, and all that kind of stuff. But, Holy Spirit, I read your resume. You've done some crazy stuff throughout history. And you care if I bring up your resume? Because, I mean, your your resume is pretty in, indicting. I mean, Let the stuff, them know who
2: I am. Tell my story. Let them know. I want them to experience me. I'm just not something you read about. I mean, you were in, both in the Old Testament, New Testament. I already proved that. It says you were there from the beginning of
0: time. And, and I get it. But, but, but. Places you showed up, I mean, I mean, look at the timeline. Seventeen twenty-seven, the first Great Awakening, with with a guy named George Whitfield and John and Charles Wesley, and and what, what do you have to say about that?
2: Oh, they were some dear friends. They were so desperate. They were so desperate. Yeah, but me. Holy
0: Spirit, what I've done is I've studied every outbreak of God throughout history, over the last three hundred years, and every time you poured out your Spirit and shook communities, it was either right before a, a war broke out, or right before, right before. Uh, depression broke out, and so you need to understand every time you come, it's
2: like after that, we we go through horrible seasons. Why is that? I'm with you. I'm with you. People focus too much on the seasons. I'm with you. But in 1792, we had the second great awakening, and from Europe to the U.S., Bible societies and Sunday schools began, and benevolent programs started for the poor. Were you there? Yes, I was. They wanted more, Pat. They wanted more. They were hungry for my presence. But in the 1830s, there was a resurgence that broke out. And, and missionaries went throughout all the world for the
0: first time. Missionaries began to leave their homeland. They would literally pack their belongings in caskets
2: because they knew the only way they were coming home was dead in a casket. Were you with those people? I was with them because the church was trying to contain me, but there was a world needing the presence of God. What about 1857? Another great awakening, it broke out. It spread from Europe to Australia and people like Moody
0: and Spurgeon and Booth and Hudson Taylor, the missionaries to china the first missionary to go to china and the holiness movement began and bars began to empty out and pubs began to cease and people began
2: to cry out to god and prostitution ended in some cities were you there i was there because people's passion for me starts to recreate culture path what about the prayer revival holy
0: spirit that broke out because the prayer revivals in Chicago, New York, they literally shut down the New York stock exchange and people would cry out to God at noon every day. This went on for about four years.
2: It was an outbreak of God that broke out in cities where businesses began to cry out to God. And and it's because people thought they can be Christians without prayer. I brought it back. They were hungry for my presence every time. Listen, because I'm having problems with you, because everywhere you go, you're
0: asking us to get kind of weird here. And and, and I don't get that. What's weird about me? I'm God. What's the ne- weird? The next great awakening that broke out was 1880 to 1903 for twenty a quarter of a, of a century. People began to cry out to God, and and great preachers rose up, and and it spread into Australia, and faith mission began, and Moody and Spurgeon, and all these other people. Well, that great awakening, and it began to spread across the United States, and and were you there? I was there. I've been there. I was there because yeah, people this, need to be this, raised up. This is pretty indicting, right here, that you're admitting you were at these
2: places. Of course. He wanted more, don't you?
0: What about what they call the final great awakening? And it started in Wales, and then it spread to a place called Azusa Street. Well, that's not the we're end. here today. The it's outbreak of the God end. that broke out in L.A. And, and the spirit of
2: God, they literally called the fire
0: department because they could see God's
2: glory oh, going through the flames the end, coming Pat. up. Were you there at Pat, Azusa Pat. Street? Pat. Oh, you don't know. Pat, it's not the end. It's not the last great awakening. There's another one coming. But I was there. Great leaders in the 1920s and 30s. I mean, that
0: uh, d- during the the, the the worst of times in our nation, from Wigglesworth, those Amy
2: Simple McPherson. Were you with those people? People needed to know that miracles still happen today, Pat. I was there. Yes, I admit I was there. The 1950s, the big tent revivals with people like Oral Robertson. And- you were there? I was there because people didn't want me in their churches anymore, so people took me outside. What about That's the
0: 1960s t- when Billy Graham began to preach crusades and thousands upon thousands were coming to Christ? And and I was just in a meeting with his son recently, and he says that his, his dad is, is in his 90s. He still cries out to God every morning and talks about the great moves of God, presidents that would sit at their desk and weep when he would go see them. Were you with him? I was there, Pat. It was. What about the-, the 1970s when all those hippies came in and they started what we call modern-day worship and they were getting saved in the Jesus movement, and they smelled, and they didn't look right, but they cried out because they knew there was more than just dead religion. One friend of mine that was involved said, named John Michael Talbot said, Pat, they used to baptize 3,000 people off of the coast of Southern California in the ocean. It began to sweep through USC and
2: UCLA and Moves of God. Were you there? I was there. They didn't want them in the church, so I needed to pour out my spirit. I needed to show them that the love of the Father was there for them, Pat. What about in the early
0: early eight nineties in Lakeland and in Toronto and Brownsville. And I was just at Brownsville a week ago, Sunday. And, and, and were you at those moves of God? Because I was there. Pat. Some weird. I've stuff. been there. I've been
2: at every one of these. I admit, mean, I've been there, Pat. Then what is the let, what is the next move of God? It's the remnant, Pat. What? The remnant, the remains, those who think that they are not qualified 25% of their friends are dead because of abortion.
0: This is the yes. generation where 7 million this year will face divorce as teenagers. This is the generation where every 30 seconds, I'm speaking one of them to every suicide. One of them. Listen,
2: Pat, I'm speaking to every one of them to not do it. I'm there in every dark season. I'm there. I was there with some of them, even in this room, as they were there being touched, as they were there being abused, as they were there with the abortion, as they were there in that divorce. I was there in the midst of them. And I love them. I care for them.
0: The Holy Spirit, we become so served, pro, we don't need the Spirit. Holy Spirit, I, I want you to. I just don't know if we're ready for it because I don't know if we're desperate in this room. I love them, Pat. I love them. What about the fact that you offend people and make them uncomfortable because they have to deal with themselves?
2: I love them, Pat.
0: What about the fact that we learned how to do church growth without you?
2: That's not growth.
0: What about the fact that you give that prayer language
2: thing to people? Oh, it's just something between the Father and us. What about the fact that you cause us to repent? Turning
0: from your sins? And sometimes we have to let go of relationships and friendships when you invade our life. Are you that jealous of us?
2: Yes, Pat. Oh, I want them to understand. I'm about
0: to close, Holy Spirit, and I just got to wrap this up. But if you can just answer these questions. We'll close. And...
2: I don't answer my critics, Pat. The critics must answer to me. When I show up, I quiet their voices, Pat.
0: What about that you bring too much conviction
2: in the church? Well, in the Word, it says in Galatians 5 that if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill our own lust. In Hebrews, it talks about that. The Holy Spirit, I, I'm a witness in your life. What about those that don't want you? Well, in the Word, it says in Ephesians that to not grieve me, to not grieve the Holy Spirit. In 1 Thessalonians 5, it says don't quench the Holy Spirit, Pat.
0: Do you live inside of us? You actually live inside of this nasty guy.
2: The Word talks about that. The Word says in 1 Corinthians that you are the temple of God. He dwells in you. It talks about 1 Corinthians 6 that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit.
0: What do we do with you in our lives?
2: Oh, Pat, in the Word, I always point back to the Word. It talks about in 2 Timothy, to guard me, guard through the Holy Spirit, the treasure that's inside of us, inside of you.
0: Should I desire you?
2: I would hope so, Pat. Ephesians 5 talks about to be filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5 talks about that there are fruits in the Spirit. Romans 8 talks about if you are led by the Spirit, if you are led by me, that you are sons and daughters of God.
0: What about all these failures out here? Some of us have failed so bad. We're so messed up. We've got so many scars, so many memories. Can you use all of us failures?
2: Yes, Pat, in the Word. I always point it back to it. In the word in Romans 8, it talks about if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give to life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. All right. I'm ready.
0: You've gotten we've watered the blood down so much that we've been able to give you pink slips. And God, I just need to know. I just need to ask you outside of them. All those years, I felt like a failure as a youth pastor, and I would preach, I and I would go Pat. to bed on Wednesday nights. I'm I gotta you. quit in the morning. I gotta quit. I'm the worst youth I was pastor. pushing you, you were to there. go, Ten
2: Pat. years, I dealt with a failure of spirit. I was You're pushing gonna... you to go, Pat. I was pushing to keep on moving because of moments like this tonight.
0: What are you saying to the church? I just need to know that because Jesus died for the church and oh,
2: a Revelation, Pat. That the Spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that hear say, come, and let him that thirst come. And whoever will, let him take the water of life freely. It's free path. What about the gifts of the Spirit? Because I got to close on this because some
0: of them are afraid of them. I, I looked around when youth pastors began to pray in oh, tongues it's and they're not like, weird, Pat. Oh my God, what is that? It's not weird at all. But it's, it's not weird. It's what's got me through life, man. I've, the time my wife was in a head on collision, and I drove for an hour in Indianapolis as a youth pastor, getting to the hospital thinking she was dead, and all I could do was pray in tongues. The morning my sister died, driving to the hospital an hour to see her dead body, all I could do was pray in tongues.
2: I had no words. And so, t- what about the gifts of the Spirit? Tell oh, me. Pat, it's all throughout the word. In First Corinthians 12, it talks about, for if one, by one Spirit we are all baptized, Into one body. 1 Corinthians 14 talks about to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about that there are many gifts, but there's one Spirit. It keeps on going to say that to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom; to another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. By me to another faith by the same spirit; to another gifts of healing by one spirit; to another miraculous powers; to another prophecy; to another distinguishing spirits; to another speaking in different kinds of tongues; and still to another the interpretation of those tongues. All, All right. these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just. As he determines in First Corinthians fourteen, it speaks of that there is one who prophesies speaks for their for, for the strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. He keeps on going to say that tongues are assigned to the unbeliever, and that they are all to be done in order, Pat. I give them out.
0: It's what are your plans? Weird.
2: It's not weird, Pat. My plans, as it says in the as it says in Acts, Pat, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit. What did you say? I will pour out. Say my it spirit. a little bit louder, I will Holy pour Spirit. Pour out my spirit on, on all who? people. Listen, I will pour out my spirit. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams.
0: All right. What about? What about those that are hurting in this room? Because there's some people that are hurting bad and they couldn't get free last night. I
2: want them to know that I'm the comforter. I want them to know that I can heal them. In the Word, it says in Romans 5 that there's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us and how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancies such as this, we are never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God has generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. All right. I'm there for them. I was there in their dark seasons, Pat. Do they not believe me? Do they not know? Have they not felt? I'm there for you right now. You feel the tug. I'm there for you right now. The burning inside your chest. It's me tugging at you saying, Come. Desire me. I'm guiding you. I want you.
0: Any, um, thank you for coming tonight.
2: I got something else to say. What? I got something else to say. Listen clearly. I am in the room, and I'm ready to transform and heal and restore you. In the word, it talks about to not become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we are. Each of us a temple in whom God lives. God himself put it this way. I'll live in them, move into them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. So leave the corruption. Leave the compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters to me. The word of the master, God. I'm here to move tonight. Are you ready? Do you want me, students? Do you want me, leaders? Do you want me? Do you want me? I'm ready to move tonight.
0: Come on, worship team.
2: I'm ready to move. I'm here. I'm here to comfort you. I'm here to put my spirit upon you. Start to raise your hand. Start to cry out. This is the moment. For those of you who never knew me, now it's time to know me. Because I walk with you in your dark times and in your bright times. I'm always with you.
0: Then I release you to move. never wrote a message like this for a camp, but if the Lord told me to, he said, interview my spirit. Ask them if they really want him anymore. Ask them if, come on leaders, I can't hear you.
1: about to move in the room. He's about to pour out the glory.
0: Can't hear you, leaders. I want to talk to every frustrated leader that's felt like quitting lately. says, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen in our church? He's about to move. leaders stand up if you're not standing and cry out to God now. Most different altar experience. I don't know what we're going to do, but
1: he's calling out your name. He's looking for the vessels. He's flying over the roof.
0: I didn't know this would be a youth camp message. I wrote it for churches, and the Lord said, no, preach it at the camp. i like, Lord, it's not funny. It doesn't have humor. It doesn't have crazy stories. He said, no, they don't need that. Is I can't hear you. I want i want them to hear what you do when you're by yourself an hour before a service. I want them to feel across this room your heart, what you do when you're driving through your town by yourself.
1: I want them to feel what you feel when you pull up on their campus. He's about to pour it out. On the remnant about to break it out on the remnant hey yeah.
0: brokenness, fall on it everyone that's ever been wounded you're in the right place tonight everyone that's ever been abandoned I declare orphan no more everyone that's ever been scarred or harmed the healer's in the house everyone that's confused truth is in the house Everyone has been walking through things lately and not knowing where you're going. The guiders in the house. Everyone in this room that says, I don't know who I am. The identity makers in the house. God told me to tell you it's time. Rise up, Holy One. And I don't know how to give an altar call on this, except to say tonight,
1: He's here. is a remnant in
0: the why have you not given an altar call yet Pat because I'm waiting on a generation that's desperate to slowly stand to their feet and start crying out to God and not give a rip about friendships beside Him. Or anybody else or anything at home. God says, I'm looking for the desperate to rise up in this room. The ones that will stand
1: up and throw their hands in the air and begin to cry out. The Spirit of God is here!
0: a little bit sometimes we can get lost in the darkness of the room but I want you to do this stretch one hand out leaders, students stretch one hand out in front of you
1: lift it up say Father Father
0: Tired of walking alone. I lift the other hand and begin to cry out to God from the front to the back. Begin to say, I want God more than I want anything else. Come on, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be just something when we copy everybody, just something intimate. And here's what I want you to do, real soft. I want every leader that physically can but I want to warn you leader I know what it's like to come to camp as a youth pastor and just want to quit I had a youth pastor text me this morning and just said I'm just tired bro I just want to quit I said you can't quit You can't be in our vocabulary we can't quit youth pastors I've done youth ministry without the power of the Holy Spirit And I've done it with. And when I let God invade my life first, it changed the atmosphere. It even affected our whole city. I would not be here today had He not invaded me. When I turned off all the noise of the culture telling me what I'm supposed to do, and I said, I'm going to be who God called me to be a nothing, then the something got a hold of the nothing and it changed everything so leaders only I'm going to warn you lift your hands right now and say Holy Spirit come on louder
1: louder louder Holy Spirit say this me first
0: it's got to be me first scream it out like you're screaming like you want to get picked scream me first Now, leaders only. Some of you are going to trip over God when you're trying to walk down here because it's getting heavier and heavier in the room. But if you're a leader that's desperate for God,
1: oh, yeah. He's calling out. He's calling out. He's calling out to the cave dwellers. I've learned you can only preach where you've survived and I'm here to tell you I will not do anything else without the spirit of God on my
0: life he's the one that convicts me guides me, protects me he's the one that tonight, right before service, the Holy Spirit hit me and said pray for Nate immediately I called my son his wife, my daughter-in-law answered the phone and said, hey, Nate's on the side of the highway The hood on our car just flew up and busted our windshield. And I said, I literally was praying for him right now. The Lord just told me to pray for y'all. He's the one that protects my family. So all over this room, if you're a leader and you're desperate for God first, don't face the students. You're going to trip over God coming up here. And some of you are going to get tackled by him. So I'm warning you. But right now with your hand out, start walking towards the front, leaders. Yay. You
1: feel it? He's hitting you right now. You feel it? Oh, yeah. Come on, leaders.
0: You're about to get your Pentecost back. You didn't leave it in the room 101 in college. You didn't leave it in the basement of a wore-out church. You didn't leave it at the last place that kicked
1: you out. There's a redness! You didn't leave it.
0: generation spread out across the front and the back leaders begin to point your fingers at the student right now point right at him point at him point point and simply say it's real Now say it like you wish you could tell somebody on their dying bed No, you gotta do better. No music, no music. Say it louder, say it louder, say it louder. One at a time, tell them why it's real now. Do it quickly. Why is it real? Tell them. I've never done this. Students, lift your hands in the air and shut your eyes. Say this out loud now. All right, hang on. Lift your hands, students, and say this. Say, God. Here it he comes. Hold on. Students, say, God. Ready because we're about to give an altar experience, and some of you are going to run right into God and say, God, I'm done doing it on my own. I need your spirit. I want to hire you back. You're the real deal. I need a friend real bad. Cry out, students, out loud. Cry out, just the students, just the students. Louder, I can't hear you. Why'd you stop? You stop for? I'm telling you, there's a remnant about to rise up in this place. Those that will say I'm not stopping when everybody else stops. I'm not quitting. Say, God, I've done some bad things. But you still like me. You still want me. So invade me. Feel me. Wrap your arms around me. Lead me to truth. You're my comforter. Be my friend. friend. Jesus. Jesus. Here I am. Cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out. We haven't given the altar call yet. Cry out. He is breaking things off of people. Cry out, cry out. Leaders begin to pray in the spirit out loud. Come on probably the most different service you've ever seen on a Tuesday night, but God told me to introduce them to the third person in the Trinity. God said, tell them who I am. Tell them I was here in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Tell them I was in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, Romans, Corinthians. Tell them I'm in this generation pouring it out, and I'm about to meet them. Say this, Holy Spirit! Get ready to run to the front. Get back up, leaders. Say, Holy Spirit! Back up, leaders. Say, Holy Spirit! We hire you back. Come to the front now. Come to the front. Come to the front. Come to the front. Instant, instant, yeah.
1: Fall on your knees.
0: And it's going to get stronger each time. From the front to the back, leaders are going to join me. Everyone
1: in the house say, Jesus, I repent for kicking the Spirit of God, for ignoring the Spirit of God with my eyes shut. Jesus, Holy Spirit, show me the times I ignored you so, can I, so I can repent right now? Come on,
0: we're gonna to begin to cry out to God. You're gonna to begin to say, Lord, I'm so sorry I ignored you, whether it was last week at a party or last month or last summer. Tell him, say, I'm sorry. You gotta get free of that condemnation. Tell him, say, Lord, I'm so sorry I ignored you. Come on, repent of it right now. Say, I won't ignore you anymore. Come on, begin to repent because he was there. You know what you did. And just say, Lord, I'm so sorry I ignored you. You've got the scars to show where you ignored it. But God says it's okay. Now say this out loud Holy Spirit,
1: wrap your arms around me.
0: Pick up the sweetness of God. The sweetness of God is about to settle over the room. See, he's not just a call to war, but he's a call to sweetness, to peace. Holy, It's going to get intense. We're going four levels. We're going four levels. I need somebody to cry out and say, I'm sorry. You know what you did. You need to say it. Say, God, give my virginity back to me. Say, Lord, break off pornography that holds my mind. Come on, he'll do it right now. Say, God, break off my anger. One thing I ask, one thing it's first I level, first level. Holy Spirit is, walking. man, I feel it. It's like the heat of God. Real song, real song, real song, real song. We're going four levels, and we're going ten. Say, Lord, everybody say, Lord, Lord, I don't want to feel like a failure no more. I don't want to feel like a failure. I don't want to feel like a failure. Boy, I got to do that for leaders. Leaders say it. I don't want to feel like a failure.
1: Would you comfort me? Let's say this, Holy Spirit. I've been hurt so bad that I can't forget. Would you help me forgive so
0: that I don't carry this in me anymore?
1: So say, Holy Spirit, I give you my pain.
0: Every time I say something, I want you to say, I give you my pain. You ready? When they got a divorce, scream out, I give you my pain. Say it. Ready? When they got a divorce. Oh, it's going to get thick. Hold on. No music. Just for a second. to feel the spirit of God. When I got violated. Louder. Say that again. Say, Holy Spirit. When I got bullied,
1: I give you my pain.
0: After each time, just say, I give you my pain. That's what God's telling me to do. And he's, go, he's slowly just tearing off layers off some of you. When they died, when they left me, when they walked out on me, when they harmed me, when they cursed me, when they rejected me,
1: cuz he's the comfort When I cut myself my When I hate the mirror
0: when my dad didn't call back
1: when my mom disappears
0: I gotta do this again, the Lord just told me to do it again when my family member died when
1: my friend died
0: He's healing you. See, the Holy Spirit convicts and leads the truth. He's the comforter the idea. I can't even tell you how many definitions there are for him. He is the I am. He is sovereign Lord. He is the I am. There's nothing you could ask for. I just, I, I see a, a little, a child in daycare that got walked out on. A little child about four or five years old and daddy didn't come home. Somebody scream out, i give you my pain. know who this is, when my youth ministry fell apart, when my church fell apart, when my youth pastor left. He's healing people, he's healing. He told me he wants to heal people and he's gonna feel them. He's gonna heal and he's gonna feel You get ready. When I got an abortion, when I got raped, When I experimented with drugs. When they committed
1: suicide.
0: When we didn't have enough food as a child. When I was cold at night. the nightmares haunt my bedroom, He told me to do this. I've never done this in my life. When I can't turn the light off
1: because I'm scared, now say this, Holy Spirit,
0: heal me. Lift your hands and start worshiping. No, 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 don't clap or anything like that. I, I know that sometimes we can do that. Just say, Holy Spirit, invade my life now. He's about to baptize you in fire. The Spirit of God is all over you. He's about to send healing balm all over you. He's about to pour freedom. I just introduce you to my best friend. Everything you cried out, scream out, I give you my pain. yarala God wants to heal you. He wants you to weep before him. There's, a, there's a, In the Bible, it talks about the Valley of Baca, the Valley of Weeping. I've talked about it before, but the Valley of Weeping is the place where God heals you. It says it's springs of living water springs up in the Valley of Weeping, the place where God meets you. Come on, cry out to him and say, God, I just give it all to you. I'm empty. I'm empty. Empty me out. Say it out loud. Say, empty me out. Empty me out, God. Just real, real soft,
2: Pastor. Really soft,
0: Katie, because he's about to baptize us in fire in this room. He's about to stir up. Say, now scream out! I want to be free! 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 Katie, come on, cry out! Begin to pray out loud. I don't care how loud you got to scream. If it gets on somebody's nerves, leaders begin to love students right now. Begin to walk around and love students right now. We are taking them to a place called deliverance. And if you get over someone and you see a demonic spirit in action, cast that junk to the dry places and protection. uh, uh, we're protected from those things God says I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving I was there with you in a dark place I'm there right now, scream it out say I give you my pain." because the Spirit of God's going to blow like a wind across this room from the front to the back
1: give you my pain need you to
0: heal me God the gifts of the Spirit are welling up over the room because God will empty you out and fill
1: you back up. No freedom. freedom in. Oh, 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 oh. Calling out to you. I hear the Holy Spirit saying. The Holy Spirit say I'm breathing on you. I hear the Spirit of God say, I'm whispering to you. I hear the Holy Spirit say, I love you so much. I hear the Spirit of God saying, I will come. hear the Spirit of God say, you've never been alone. I hear the Spirit of God say it. Come on, lift your hands. I was standing now.